0: This podcast contains spoilers for the endings of Watchmen the TV series, Steven Universe Future, and several other things. If you want to enter spoiler-free, skip to 14 minutes!
1: Somewhat motivated by the idea that if we can give the end, if we can give the audience an ending that causes some sort of confusion and discussion, <laughs> we're gonna boost uh-huh. views. It's it's like a sure, sure. And to uh... me, like, ah, it's, it's weird. I, I have I have split feelings about it because like, I think the thing that gets me is is because with that comes the idea that when you get closer to it, you know they're gonna do it. I'm watching the end of Watchmen. She's <laughs> walking to school, and I went, they're not. I, They're I, not gonna I, show you, me. You can't. <laughs> she got there, that she that they weren't gonna show her actually stepping on the pool. Yes, but yeah. here I am watching, be like, seriously, are they really about? Are they gonna do this? They're gonna do it. They're are they gonna? Are they? Will they show? Are they? they didn't show it. Okay.
0: Uh, and I, the thing that uh, I was, I've I've listened after I watched that show. I did what everyone did, and I'm like, how how many places can I find where Damon is talking about this show? Like, I need to just read more about this, and he did not consider that a cliffhanger. Like, he was like, this is the conclusive end of my show, and it wasn't until he showed it to someone else that they were like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, what the fuck? You're not gonna end it? And he's like, what, that's the ending. And then he's like, no, it isn't! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so to me, my boy, my boy Damon did not uh, consider the fact that he was leaving people on the hook. He's like, oh, "No, no, I, no, that's I, I like the." I don't buy
1: that for Point. a second. I don't buy. That I believe for a second.
0: Damon Lindelof is a, a lot of things. To the he, is <laughs> he is earnest. He is er ur- He has never lied to me. That's I believe false. every word that comes out <laughs> of his mouth.
1: I don't know. I I mean, they literally down to the flashback, like dialogue flashback that they have playing over weird, this silent moment where she asks, so if someone eats, you know, blah, blah, blah. The egg, yeah. Your powers? And he goes, in theory, yes. Which is yet another thing saying, maybe. No, I see, right? I, right.
0: I, I read that line, that dialogue reading from uh, the incredible actor who's playing Dr. Manhattan. Fabulous. He's not saying that it can't happen. He's Dr. Manhattan. He can make a burrito so hot he can't eat it or whatever the fuck he the it's it's everybody can do that kevin it's that he's but but can god cook a burrito so hot he himself cannot eat it um the, the i read it as he is intrigued like he already knows that he's gonna fall in love with this woman he's experiencing past present and future all at the same fucking time but he's like you know that's an interesting idea. I haven't seen that part of my life yet. That, that oh, that's a very clever has, thing that I can, can put can in there. To so it. to me, there's no doubt in the entire world. You know, this one surviving egg and a carton of eggs smashed to the floor. Also, um, oh, there's no there is, way an
2: egg survives. So, so right. the
0: there's she, no the doubt she in my eggs? head uh-uh. that she. So is. he acknowledges
1: that it's in theory from a purely scientific perspective because. In his mind, it's only in theory because he's—it's one of the few things he actually hasn't seen actually happen. He's being even cheeky. though he knows he's, he's being, I think he's being really know, cheeky he's,
2: more than that. It's like He's the,
0: flirting with uh, yeah. this woman. You know, he's being like. You I know, think
2: he theory, knows theory, fully. He knows fully well that it will work. Right, and so, he doesn't like, want he, to come across cocky like an asshole. So he's like, in theory, exactly. yeah,
0: he can do anything. He pulled it off. There's only one surviving egg. Like, it, its the only thing that makes sense. Again, like Inception, like we were talking about before. It's this thematic, like, you are taking your first step into a new, larger world, and if she turns blue in the last, like, two seconds of Watchmen, is that better than no, I, I her I didn't, I didn't taking the her first step?
1: I think turning blue would have been a bad... By the way, this must be the most spoiler-filled beginning of an episode we have ever... <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, well, I'll decide whether... I
0: don't know, this show's been out for a minute, like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's but I just finished it yesterday, so, like, who knows? That's fair. We're six yeah. months
2: in the quarantine. If you wanted to watch it, you would have gotten were gonna, it. Already. It was free
1: for an entire <laughs> like weekend. Because my ass is always the last to the playground. Uh, like, oh me, believe
2: true. me, I do not mean what I said at all. Okay, because okay. there's shit I still haven't watched. It no, so was actually, a funny I, thing to say.
1: I wouldn't have wanted to see her turn blue. I think we've already established that it's possible. We've seen firsthand that he exists in perfectly... in a realm where he doesn't exist as a blue person like he has control over the way he's perceived there's just like a lack of giving a shit so so to speak in the original graphic novel until it becomes something he wants to do a whole different discussion
0: it's is, this sort of it's, the, but, like, it's the like the idea exact... i would have wanted to see yeah,
1: it's like you look at the water underneath her foot and there's like i'm pretty sure there was some sort of
0: Oh, you're doing the end of Inception. Like, everyone in 2010, when they got the home video, they're, like, winding it back. It's like, does the top jiggle at the end? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: you're,
0: you're doing the frame by
1: frame. Like, it looked like there was, I don't know, it looked, something looked off about it. Even before her foot was even, like, mm-hmm. that close to the water, yeah, it yeah. looked like it was implying that there was some sort of matter, sort of manipulation happening. I would have just wanted, I don't know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I understand.
0: I, I get it. You know, because it's also the moment that's, like, following up exactly on an earlier conversation between her and her husband, where he's walking on the pool. And then it, it for me, again, there's, there's no question about whether or not she absorbs his power, whether or not she turns blue.
3: You know, that might be <laughs> his thinking. deal.
0: Uh, but, like, whether or not she gets these godly powers... We, we get to see her first step into a larger world without some blue CGI. Although, I, I don't have to see what blue Regina King looks like. Um, <laughs> that she, like, at the end of a show that has been absolutely about, like, black pain and black love, that she at the end is still in her black skin and hasn't but, transformed into yeah. a blue lady, for me feels very intentional. That, that feels like, uh, for a show that, like, introduced a lot of white people to, uh, you know, the, the Tulsa massacre and uh, yeah, and the all these and other Black
1: I- Wall Street. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All these other ideas that, that feels incredibly intentional. That feels exceptionally.
1: No, intentional. I, I mean, look, I, I'm saying this just as like very much, just like playing with it because in all reality, yeah. like watching that last episode, it was just like, they tied it up so expertly. Yeah.
2: Is it just me or when something's tied up perfectly does it also make you like simultaneously in really sad that it's ha- while it's happening? Yeah. Like it's happening, you're like, uh, no, my, don't.
0: <laughs> my my great, con- maybe it's just maybe I'm just getting fucking old. And there's this Mark Maron quote because he like, you know, he made a lot of people angry on Twitter for like talk- dissing the Marvel movies, and like literally, who cares what Mark right. Maron thinks of them? But he went on a talk show, and the host brought it up, and they were like, you know, people were mad at you. And He's like, I'm old. I like move. I like to go to movies. I've never <laughs> heard of. I like to not understand the ending. <laughs> Like, that's where where I'm at. And I've been watching some, to tie it slightly into the subject of this show, I've been watching some Community Season 5 and Season 6, and there's these messy ways that those episodes end. Like, intentionally mess. Like, a Dungeons & Dragons game does not fix the relationship the broken relationship between a father and a son. No, but it can that episode give does not them, resolve at all. But it can g- but it gives them common ground. Suddenly, yeah. you know, they're in the same room together and they're doing something together. And yeah. they're arguing the entire time. Yeah. But that is like maybe I'm just again I'm I'm get I'm old. There's gray in my beard now. And <laughs> That's so not like even
1: a little true Kevin. I think <laughs> That's right it's, here. The argument
0: it's right and, like, it's in my beard to... temple. <laughs>
2: I think just to distill it even a little further, it's the it's the realization that life isn't as easy as it's finished. Things it's gonna be you know what I mean? Yeah. And like when yeah. a yeah. show when a show wraps up and it's like, well what next? I'm not like that's dumb. I'm like that's life and I just get over it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think there's two things that come
2: Yeah, go ahead. The
0: the the perfect it's honestly this is my worst take of all time. But do I do, it do it not up. like the okay. ending of breaking Bad. Because it's too hmm. neat. It's yeah. too like oh, the last foe that must be overcome is Uncle Jack, and then like he dies, and everyone like the it's it's too conclusively ended. Juice, I like hurts? oh yeah, that fucking a hundred years ago. Um, <laughs> it's it's too tidy, and I've never been tempted to like go back and rewatch Breaking Bad because I'm like oh, it all wrapped up nicely. Like, there's no urge for me to keep diving through this because now I feel like I've seen everything. If Uh it ends slightly more inconclusively, it's kind of like what you were talking about, like driving up clicks. But I'm like... Oh, this wonky ending makes me want to explore more. This it, lack of it, resolution tells my brain there's still more to find here. Yeah,
3: it sure. takes
1: it takes kind of that like that weight off of an ending. I think like, you know, especially for us like nerds, right? Who like Big Dorks. <laughs> Big fucking dorks. <laughs> Who like, you know, venture into writing ourselves, at least in some manner. Of or whatever, what have you. And such and such, (laughs) etc. Like when it it comes down to an ending, there's something that like there's it's almost been mythologized in writing circles of like, but how are you gonna end it? And it's like who fucking cares? Focus on the story. And I'm thinking about like like in community, we could talk about the ass crack bandit episode, right? Like where we don't get a fucking answer. We don't. Yeah. We don't get it. And it's and it's kind of pleasing that way because then you're just like – it's like it's an episode. The focus of the episode is like this is a mystery episode. And the right. entire episode is a mystery. And that's kind of the point. The best ending that fits into this like what happens next for me is, is one that doesn't happen in a what happens next because it's like there's an ambiguous ending. It's a very clean-cut ending, but it's very clearly like this like – It's an end, but it's not the end of the story. It's the end of Steven Universe's future. So you go through all of Steven Universe. Caleb, have you seen it? No. Oh, man. Watch it.
0: Neither of us have.
1: Uh, But continues. No. (laughs) You go through through Steven Universe. It's amazing. And it comes to this amazing, like, it really wraps up in this beautiful, fabulous way. But it also... in a way where you're presented with all, it's like, it's a new reality. And the first thing you do when you come to that ending is you're like, I want to explore this new reality where it's an, it's a new era that it ends with. And then they made the Steven universe movie, which is here we are in the future is like the theme that they say through, And it's in the future. And it kind of reestablishes what this new realm is and introduces a new character and it's, it's very it's clean cut. It's a pretty solid ending, but it also acts as a bridge to a series that they released after called Steven Universe Future, which used the main theme from the Steven Universe movie musical as the theme song for the miniseries. And when you get to the miniseries, the very ending fully is just like it's it's got this massive thing that happens. But then after that, it's like, OK, and then we move on with our lives. There's this, like, literally, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil it strictly because I know you two haven't seen it. So it's, like, uh-huh. worth it. But, like, <laughs> there's this thing, and, and they do it in such a way where there's a callback that you've been watching for several episodes in a row and didn't even realize what it was until you get to the last episode. It's expertly achieved. But it definitely, it says, it says exactly the thing that's so exciting, what Caleb said. It doesn't go, that's the end. It goes yeah okay and then other stuff happens but like right the the
0: implication that after we stop seeing these characters or reading these characters they will still continue to have adventures and live lives we've resolved this thing but we we are still allowed to continue on Uh, it's exciting when an ending
1: is also a beginning and not in the sense of like, like what it really kind of wraps it up in that way. And not in the sense of like, we baked this in so we could make a sequel. It's like fully like, sh- sh- scratch that, that shit's garbage. Like I hate, I hate watching a movie and being like, oh, they left that ambiguous just because they were like, if this does well in the box office, we'll make another one. I hate that, <laughs> I fucking hate it. But if they make an ending that's like, look, it's very clearly like we, we it ends and then it moves on. And then that's the end of the piece of media it feels like a beginning and that in a sense is the thing that makes you walk out of a theater remember those things walk out of a theater and then just be like wow like what's next for me you know it's it's the thing that makes you go fuck yeah that was sick oh
3: man
0: (laughs) um yeah hold on i'm gonna do uh one thing just real quick this podcast contains spoilers for the endings of Watchmen the TV series, Steven Universe Future, and several other things. If you want to enter spoiler-free, skip to 14 minutes! There. Now we're clear. Now we're good. Now we're, now we're safe. Now we're free. We're in the open. Here we go, baby. Uh, this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, uh, a podcast uh, where we watch and rank community one or two episodes at a time. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and uh, Hector the
1: Well-Endowed oped. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up? My name's Jace. I use they, them pronouns, but for this episode, you may call me Jace the Obtuse.
2: Perfect. I'm the daddy host, the third one. My <laughs> friends call me Caleb, but for this episode, you can call me Brutality Tops. Because <laughs> it seems like the most appropriate role for me to take.
0: Pointed. <laughs> um, and we will, of course, for the third time, eventually dive into these these modes of controversy. It, uh, you know, perhaps I sealed our fate when I made the D D theme our theme for this podcast, like our opening intro to every episode. That perhaps <laughs> I was I was locking us into this eventual fate. You know, of I didn't being realize known. that's
1: what it was until way too recently. Is that like I feel ashamed to admit that I didn't? I was like, that's a cool version of the theme song, and I just. just did not right exactly oh man no but in all seriousness watching this episode again in the bowels of the internet because it doesn't exist on main streaming services anymore (laughs) it just with the lens of having talked about the racial dynamics of the you know the big ones in this episode and the show as a whole you start to notice that there's a few racial moments in this episode and you go
0: huh uh, just a, a brief pin and discussion uh, of this excellent episode of Community, and just a little, uh, a little social media catch up. Uh, thank you all again for listening to our uh, interview with Neil Goldman last week. Uh, he Woo! was excellent, and he shared so many really cool stories oh and God. really cool theories of his own. He told us about subways, but it was very informative. <laughs> uh, so, so thank you I all for. <laughs> letting us letting us jump off track just a little bit to have a discussion with Neil that was super super cool. Uh, I'm starting to reach out to vaguely community related people semi regularly just to like see who responds back. Uh, and and Neil was the first one too, and he was so so cool. Uh, so uh, we thank him for that. Um, in Twitter news, we just passed a thousand followers. Thank you, everyone. Boy, boy, boy. that's like double my personal account <laughs> you know yeah. that's just absolutely blowing all of my other shit out of the water uh so thank you and also thank you to all the people who for some reason were interested in my community characters as x-men make a
1: thread hold up hold, uh, up, hold up kevin That was so good. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I thought
0: for (laughs) sure one person would be interested in that, and (laughs) it was me. I thought for sure.
1: Like, what? When you, who was it that was Beak? When you, the fact that you included Beak at all had yeah. me on my ass. Like, this Beak was the this man was X-Men <laughs> reference book that I didn't know I needed in my life.
0: I've taken the two things that I've thought about most in my entire life and I've combined them into a, a mega thread. And that thread, like, put me in touch with one of my favorite podcasters, put me in touch with one of the creators of my favorite contemporary comic. Like, that was not what I expected when I made the dorkiest thing I've ever. Permeated my it's, entire life. It's
1: because it was so clearly full of passion and so right. well thought out, <laughs> right. and Thank just you. like, like also like deep, deep cuts. Like I, like I'm just now entering my X Men journey far too late in my life. I, I recognized a bunch of them, and there were still ones that I was like, who, the <gasps> fuck, is <Blue>? that? <laughs> Multiple man?
0: like what? Oh, multiple man is one of my favorites. Jace, I will later introduce Do you to multiple man, and it will be my mul- pleasure. Multiple... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I tried to... I, I, I wasn't, like, necessarily dodging around the, the A-team members, because, you know, Wolverine ended up in there, and Storm, and, and a lot of the classics. But I was like, <laughs> I don't know. No one is Cyclops, so I'm not going to use Cyclops. Like, no I'm... one is Ilyana Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic. So I'm not going to use them. <laughs> uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Neil, real Neil with Pipes of Steel, is Brew, the m- the mutant child of the brood. And I'm afraid that's just what he is. <laughs> so true. I must honor... Which one was Dean again? Uh, Dean was multiple man. You know, that's uh, right. that's the right. limits of who he can be at any time are really based on his own imagination. It's, it's um, bad. Uh, Abed took a long time to think of, but Abed is rogue. Uh, Don't worry. When I uh, finish this book about community, myself and some others are working (laughs) on, there's going to be a whole way too long chapter about just this. So don't, because I'm editing the book, I can put in there whatever
1: I please. Going to put it in, and nobody can say shit. No one can say a goddamn thing. I love that. I do. I do expect Kevin when the book comes out for there to be an extended appendix beyond what you put on Twitter, to include any minor character ever and give them a, give them a little Absolutely. break. Absolutely. There are a couple
0: uh, community uh, characters that I'm still like gestating on. I'm like, I haven't quite nailed down who this person is. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry. It, by the time this book is published, uh, which you both are obviously welcome to contribute to, that I have just <laughs> finished a draft of a fucking 6,200-word essay about Britta to go inside <laughs> of it. I finished the draft, you know, some revisions, but by the time you're listening to this, uh, it will be out for public consumption. Wow. That's Most so likely at tvskevin.substack.com. Don't worry, I'll plug it at the end as well.
1: I, I'd like to say uh, I'm both honored and shocked that you think I have anything worth contributing to a book.
0: I think you absolutely do. <laughs> uh, you would just have to, it would just have to be your piece. You know, whatever whatever would drive you to write. If you yeah, want to write the definitive take on Troy and Abed, then like
1: I could do a Troy and Abed. I think the other one, I would, I would, I would, I would take some coaxing, some, in, uh, some <laughs> pushing into it. If uh, I thought
2: to, you were just about to say you were going to take some coke, I was like, hold I'm on, take some oh, coke. Hey, and I'm going to write this, this essay a in a so day. Just a stay up <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> Hey man, I'm not yucking out anybody's yums. <laughs> My goodness, I was I was trying
1: to say if someone if someone (laughs) really 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 wanted me to, I would put in the effort to do an entire gendered analysis of the seasons of of the community. That's very good. That could be pretty fun. I don't know if I would be well equipped enough to do that. I would probably want to get like my like Avengers of trans folks together, which (laughs) I have. (laughs) Which
0: that is something I would read. That's Um. the movie
1: I want. Marvel. Cast me as your first non-binary superhero. I will put my damn foot in it. I will eat that shit.
2: This episode, of course, was
1: brought to you by Marvel Unlimited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate source. If you want to find out who half of the X-Men I mentioned are, Marvel Unlimited. Five bucks a month for (laughs) basically every Marvel comic ever made.
1: (laughs) banana if you're really I honest get to tell you how much i
2: don't sleep because this app exists mm, yes why I don't this is why Scrolls. i don't have the app <laughs> Makes sense. this is Makes I, sense. Yeah. let me be completely honest this shows is, is sponsored by disney because all we talk about <laughs> star wars and, and marvel <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, that is, uh, you know, some, someday, Caleb, you and I are just gonna take over this show and talk a bunch of Witcher bullshit, uh, so, uh, Jace, oh, whenever you feel like being Witcher, alienated... Hold on,
2: hold on, me? speaking of Witcher, <clears throat> hold on, Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes? De- you uh, saw that? What? Daddy? <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> I,
0: wanna, I wanna take him home! Oh, I wanna I mean, show him to my parents!
1: Those-
2: Hot! But like, oh, also, I was like, why... I was like, wait, what's happening? But hmm? Also, at the other why end, on the other
1: tight? end, I was like, why didn't we? Ju- why didn't they just do a gender bent version? Why did they have to retcon in a little sister? Like, why couldn't they just make Millie Bobby Brown a
2: gender flip Sherlock young Holmes? Sherlock Holmes, like, like, I make her Shirley Holmes. Literally, gross. That easy... Gross. Thank you, Kevin. Gross. Oh, Just gosh.
0: call her Sherlock. I
3: think, I, Is I Sherlock really a gendered really name?
0: To, like, I've only known <laughs> one being named Sherlock. That doesn't mean it's a boy's only name. That's true. That's
1: <laughs> true. I think, I think, but it's very clear the reason why they made her the younger sister, and that's so that we could get Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. And,
0: uh, listen, I ain't mad.
1: <laughs> Not mad about it. I'm I'm Uh, also – I think the thing that – it's interesting that you you two are both like, I'm – up. yeah, well, okay. You two are very excited about Henry Cavill. I'm mostly excited for Helena Bonham Carter.
0: Of
2: course. course. Don't get me wrong. Straight me is excited about Helena Bonham Carter and, like, curious me is like, yo, but Henry Cavill, though. (laughs) (laughs) Hello,
0: darling. (laughs) Hello there. Sounds excellent. Sounds good. Uh, so let's, let's <laughs> dive in, shall Holmes. we?
1: <laughs> Community! No, we yeah. love bad non sequitur, right?
0: Checks out, checks out. Uh, we are I'm discussing seg- one of the, one of the granddaddies of them all, season two, episode 14, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, directed by Joe Russo, written by Andrew Guest. Uh, after learning one of their fellow students, Neil, is thinking about killing himself, the study group throw a d and d game that takes place in the theater of the mind, and Pierce does what he does best and crashes that bad boy um Holy shit, I just watched this episode for like the thousandth time yesterday. We what fucking a fucking slacks. episode of t v <laughs> no it's not some a fuck, of the
1: best yeah. writing out of any episode. Like, I know we're not it's, there yet. This, I, uh, it's so fascinating justifying in my mind, like, the controversy around this episode with the fact that this might be my number one. Right.
0: Like, of you know? all the episodes. It, um, it's so fucking good. It's like, emotional. It's hysterical. It's so well directed.
1: It is the sound design. The sound design. The the sound design. Out of anything <laughs> I've ever seen ever. Like, there's also the just like, Really, some of the best lines, too. Like, if we're talking about, first of all, the narration. The, incredible. <laughs> that it's Kate Blanchett sound-alike
0: thing, like
1: note And then, like, acknowledging <laughs> that they're walking and then walking some more. And then also just, like, little moments where they... They not once ever say the word suicide, which is incredible. And there's so many... Wow. When you go in looking at it through... Explicitly expecting that lens, right? You start to notice very subtle things. Like, at the end... Neil says, uh, when, when he says, like, do you want to play the game next week, right? And he's and then Pierce says, maybe. He says, all right, I'll be around. I will be <sighs> around. Like, there's really, ti- like, really tiny, smart decisions in that. And then, of course, then there's one of my favorite, i realized this, one of my favorite meta moments in the whole series is the most subtle. And it's like an internally meta moment where, like, <laughs> it's you see all of them all of a sudden, they, there's like a sound effect of like a chill going in the room, right? Which is very as Pierce walks in. As Pierce walks mum, in, mum, 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 mum. all of the characters catch a chill. And the thing yeah. is, they never it doesn't make any it. sense in reality. No, it does, it, not, not it does not make any, any sense. In
3: any sense. Reality.
1: Like, eat it up
0: because it's perfect. Oh, oh my God, I that's mean. This episode of our podcast could be 45 hours long if we just talk about everything in this episode. Welcome to, the,
2: is... welcome to the Community Advanced D&D Studies Podcast.
0: Right. Um, where we just like, talk about
2: this episode.
0: I could do five episodes about this episode. Like
1: <laughs> We're on number three already, and we've gone cross-platform. Right, exactly. We've <laughs> we've jumped feeds to, I've done, to talk I've about this. two separate podcasts outside of ours talking about community and referencing back to this where we talked explicitly about... This episode.
2: Yeah. Yo, yo, was Troy's character did Abed name Troy's character Hector because of the Iliad?
1: Explain yourself.
2: Homer's Iliad, Troy, they steal Helen, the Trojan Whoa. War, the greatest hero of Troy's name was Hector. Damn.
0: Yeah, Eric Banner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so
2: Troy being Hector the well endowed, was that like them specifically it's a, it's going a cute Hector little thing. and Troy? We should what? ask
1: someone. Kevin, do you know any writers <laughs> from
0: there? <laughs> uh Yeah, let me, let me just get somebody on the horn. Let me see if I can get guests. I do want to get Andy Bobro who wrote Mixology Certification. I would like to see if he is available, because I want to talk about that episode. There's so many. I mean, if we're just talking about smart naming decisions, having... Pierce play a character named Pierce Hawthorne. At first is a joke, because he, he's being stubborn, he doesn't want to come up with a silly character name. Abed on the fly calls him a naked old man named Pierce Hawthorne. But it all it coalesces perfectly at the end, where they can say, I pity Pierce Hawthorne. And it's it works on both, you know, strat levels. Mm-hmm. And so they can be in character and say that is such an excellent moment. And it it wouldn't it would have probably been fine if they had named him like uh, Tiny Nuggins or whatever like that's fine but the but it being and having Neil first sit in Pierce's chair because Pierce is not there but Pierce is so obsessed with everyone's positions at the table that that would drive him wild more than anything is Neil sitting in his
1: chair specifically it also sports a really exciting like like shot choice, right? To put Neil between Britta and, um, and Jeff.
0: And then you can have what? these great two shots of, of all of them. Well, three shots, but you get right. what I'm
1: saying. But also putting him at the corner of a table forces this kind of, this optical trick that makes him like there's, it's all things lead to the him. The table yeah. is pointing
2: it, at
0: Neil. It's, yeah. He's, he's the point <laughs>
2: now.
1: Throne. They've created a throne for him. It elevates him.
0: We call it leading lines in the cinematography. World. Whatever the lines you, that you tell you. I'm just, I'm just helping. I'm in for, It supports I'm what you're trying saying. Trying to
2: help you out. And you're like fine, fucking nerd. Fuck <laughs> you,
1: filmmaker, dickhead. No, but that's exactly it. It is those lead lines. They really do some magical stuff for it. The other thing, I mean, that's the the thing that's so exciting about this episode is the fact that there's so many ways that they structurally elevate the story, uh, whether it's visually or even. One of my things watching it this most recent go about was <laughs> how they've got the moment with the dragon, right? It is clearly the climax of the D and D game, right? The climax of the episode follows immediately after it, and it's got this very cinematic. It, you're, it you you after that the 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 dragon like you know, th- that moment, right? There's it's like this there's new air about it and. The shots are much closer to their faces. The, it's We're in the game, even though they're talking about something outside of the game, and it's this magical mindfuck of an inside-out moment. But then it's when Pierce goes, as Pierce Hawthorne, both the character and the person, excuse me, I get hiccups when I'm excited! What is that? literally, <laughs> literally goes and says, Jeff is the reason why you have this name. And it's this... It's this heart-wrenching moment because it's the moment in every good movie where you start to realize that maybe the hero isn't who you thought he was. It, it's very, it, good. It, it's very it's, good. It's It's a massive moment and just this, this, the framing of it, both contextually and structurally. I just... This... 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 This, this episode is... <laughs> it's incredible. It's an advanced episode.
0: I... Uh, and the... Like, it's a perfect... The Jeff moment is a perfect... Twist. And it's exactly what a twist should be. It not only is like a whoa moment, it recolors everything that has come previously.
1: Everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything. It recolors the last three fucking episodes of Community where John mm-hmm. Oliver says, like, Hello, Fat Neil. Not from an actuarial standpoint, and you're like,
1: "Fuck <laughs> me!" That is paying off three episodes later yeah. on a right. fucking yeah. sitcom yeah. about a community college. The other thing that's really cool upon watching it also is there's when they bring that moment up, they they um they play a shot back, like a yeah. shot they've already used. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this moment where you see in the first time you see it, right? They only show the the shot from Neil from like Neil, and you see in the background and. Um, and looking. the voices modulate it. Right. and But like all the way in the back, if you're looking for it, you see the back of a black coat kind of moving off to the side. Nowhere near the focal point. Um, but – and if you're looking for it, you can actually sort of see Jeff standing there. But when they play it back, you see Jeff standing there before he turns to walk away. And it's this beautiful flashback moment that's just – I mean it's – I, I'm just I'm repeating myself because it, like at a certain point it's like what else is there to say? Well, there's actually
2: a lot else to say. This episode is complicated. Wow, <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking good episode. Uh, can I
2: it's... can I point out just how fucking great it is to see Pierce given the ability to just actually fucking be a villain? Ooh. How because when fucking... he take when he casts the spell that changes the shape of. Neil's character, and he's like, <sighs> Abed's in the middle of saying what shape, and he's like, fat. Like, it's so evil. It and is, I, uh, it's so, it ugh. Is, In that moment,
1: is, like, when I watch villains, there's usually a moment where you're like, damn. Like, there's like that element, they're like, you gotta bake in some sympathy for the villain, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they got in a structural, the structural sympathy for him is that, like, he's like, I felt left out. But he is genuinely speaking, in and I don't, this is not an exaggeration. Right. I hate him more than I hate any it's, villain ever. It's pretty bad. Like, any
0: piece of. You media. know, he doesn't kill Neil's I hate family. It. He does, uh, you know, hump his sword, but he doesn't, like, kill Neil's family. But this hurts so much more than every lazy I've kidnapped your wife villain in every movie. This is better than any fucking Star Wars villain. Like, he's. It's so fucking personal and direct we don't love him on this show but my god how good is chevy chase in this episode he's he's on another fucking level uh and so is danny danny poody's incredible in this episode the 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 scene, like good when when he's playing the elf elf maiden,
1: when he's playing the gnome waiter he's i actually focused a lot on trying to (laughs) lip read what was being said during that scene and there's four one fin- four fingers, four fingers. <laughs> there she's just she goes i cut the right breast and then the left breast there's one moment where she says i take out my massive member yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: it's really it's like a fucking austin like powers bit like <laughs> I
1: mean, they're very clearly like you know what they are gesturally but like mm-hmm. you if you watch her mouth it's
2: Fabulous. Also, Troy. It's also like, Troy taking notes? notes. Fucking incredible. I
1: spooner. How long is that time? And then I move <laughs> on. And how long is that exactly?
0: Incredible. It's also. It's like those times where you're watching something and it's funnier when the curse words are bleeped, like in fucking, like, Happy Gilmore. It's way funnier that Lord of the Rings music is playing <laughs> over them describing this sex scene funny. than it ever would have been if they were actually <gasps> doing it. That probably would have been okay, but Guys, this, this just
2: ascends it. This specific moment is also why I argue that Troy and Annie are the ones that get together. Because this is not the first, not the second, but I think the third time that Troy has, without the provocation boner. of Britta and Jeff, been very clearly attracted to what Annie is doing. Hmm. Just a few episodes ago in the pen episode when they started undressing, he's like, "What's happening?" and "How can, how I, can help? I help?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like all, he's, yeah,
0: yeah. It's all right there. It's beautiful. Also, I I want to shout out before I forget. How far Joel McHale has come as like a dramatic actor over the course of this show. If you compare this to like episode four where Britta's dating Vaughn and he's like sad, he is on, he's ascended so much higher and is so into this character that when he's out in the hallway and he's having that like funny repartee with, with Chevy is like, I don't like being excluded Jeff. Yes. But he's also (laughs) selling every dramatic beat on top of making them comedic. He's just, he's, he's taken it so far from where he was. It's really impressive to like watch his growth.
1: It's an example of how like the best comedic acting is good. Dramatic acting. Is cranked up just a touch like it's right there's there's something really endearing about these performances in a really complicated setting i think also i want to go back just a second because i can't i can't stop thinking about this pierce being such an evil villain by doing very simple things really leans into one of the themes of the episode of how like words fucking hurt right like this whole thing is about like like this is like even the idea of Dungeons and Dragons, this is all make-believe. These are just words. People are just saying things. They're not actually using swords. They're not actually flying arrows. But words hurt. And that's like this beautiful theme that's really kind of like it's it's sneaky. It's hiding the whole episode, but it's really there. And the fact that you hate Pierce so much – sorry. The fact that I hate Pierce so much in this episode is just – goes to show just like how much words fucking hurt and that's yeah, the yeah. whole point of it and it's really expertly pulled off
2: um and it's i have super- i have another i have another question that might melt brains I um when you do this caleb hit it so i've been a dm playing dnd for a couple of years now there is a mm-hmm. rule specifically against players using player knowledge Which is they've read through the book and know the end of the story. They can't use that against you or the players. And Pierce does that. And Abed doesn't stop him. He lets it happen. So how much of this episode is Abed knowing that he has to let Pierce do this so the rest of the group actually comes together to help Neil? As a storyteller? Because if he controlled it, it wouldn't have worked.
0: build to the dramatic moment. Like what we were doing with like baby babying Neil was not helping him. What he needed was to like go on an adventure, quote unquote, like he needed to feel a reason to live. Or more than that, that, like
2: the group needed to see what Neil goes through firsthand.
1: I think,
0: and he
2: knew that Pierce would do
1: that. I think on a simpler level, Abed was in a room alone with Pierce and he knew that if he said to Pierce, you can't do that, he would not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it can no work on both Abed levels. I think it's a room levels. with Pierce and Pierce says, you know, this really, really esoteric moment. That's actually an integral part of this game that I wouldn't know unless I've read the book. If Abed said, yes, but you're not supposed to know that. So you can not do that. It it wouldn't have ended well for anybody. It's like you know. Also, the best answer I can give you, and this is the worst answer, and I'm almost afraid to say this, is it's because it fucking needed to happen, and the writers were like, let it happen. Right. This is why. This
2: this is why it's easy to tell that Jace really hates endings that leave it up to you.
0: <laughs>
2: and that's a. And let me just say, <laughs> that's perfectly like, fine. Like, it's just a matter of, like, Because it's, it's a show and they needed a like, bad you know? guy. <laughs>
0: because, because Pierce needed to know <laughs> about the amulet in the Amberg River Basin. So, like, he had Garrett
1: bring <laughs> him some books. Jokingly, I do actually like exploring the idea of what.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm 100% fucking with you. Sure. <laughs> right.
1: But I think it is worth saying, you know, and, like, yes, like we were talking about earlier. I do a lot of the time fucking hate endings where they're like, you're just not. <laughs> at the same time, it's like, look, I do respect them. I just – there's part of me that goes as a writer, I just don't know whether or not you meant it as like you really thought about it and it came to you. Like part of me just thinks at one hand it's like, oh, OK, when you wrote your first draft, you wrote that ending and you were like, I mean, good enough, right? Keep it as opposed to, like, coming to that ending. So, I mean, I know that's not fair to the genius that are these writers of all these incredible series, but I can't help but think that, you know? Like, I literally, when I wrote the show that I'm working on most currently, I had two endings, and I was like, I don't know which one it is, you know? And I ended up going with one, actually, now that I think about it, my show ends with an ending that forces the audience to decide what happened. Uh-oh,
0: you've become the monster. You've become what it, you I sought to so destroy. Anakin, better. you're going down a path I can't
2: follow. Jace has suddenly become Professor Professor Sin and I didn't even know it.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> I love, I love Abed's a terrible trigger. character names this episode, too. All good. Shirley's a dwarf named Zippity-Doo.
0: Zippity-Doo. <laughs> I'm Bing Bong, the uh, archer.
2: I'm an archer. Troy's, Troy's Bing Bong bing bong sing-along like that's ah, fucking funny ah, ah. <laughs> um I also jeff miss... being like i ah. am more boy you ain't kidding <laughs> yeah
0: it's incredible one of my and this is another episode that where that everyone gets He oh. calls himself my
1: name is kyle <laughs> my name He's a kyle. Gnome. speaking He's of that speaks gnome and his name is kyle <laughs> i speak gnome lavernica does
0: uh, that is, you actually segue into one of my favorite plots of the episode, which is Britta and this fucking gnome waiter is what? such what? a good so, character understand. moment. The <laughs> fucking, they do it when Brutalatops dies, but they also do it in when Kyle dies. There's a fucking eagle sound <laughs> When the soul leaves the body, he's the funniest fucking
3: thing every
0: time. I know that, like, okay, we have to segue to it eventually. But when Chang is dead and he just fades away,
1: oh, oh, it's what fucking is beautiful that soundtrack. I know we talked about it on, uh, I think it was six seasons in a podcast where we mentioned the soundtrack of him standing up and walking away.
0: These are all, I think, Ludwig Goranson originals, mm-hmm. but they are incredible.
1: But there's that moment, like, it feels like they, for some reason, and this is the first of a few, not the first, it's actually the second of a few very specific racial moments in this episode that I we mm-hmm. do need to talk about, that, like, where he gets up and there's this, I, I, I don't know the language, I'm not even going to attempt it, some East Asian language, that's being sung as like Oh this. right. You know oh yes,
0: about?
2: yeah. And it yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it it,
0: it Fun, sounds
1: like, like elvish. That
0: was my yeah. um, all right, let me let me see yeah, if the now, internet has Okay. Uh, about... Advanced D D Chang Death song lyrics. I'm taking a fucking shot in the Google dark here. Well, that's um clean. okay. Everyone Shut up! I'm watching a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm thinking of when uh, Britta gets hit by an arrow. She goes, ow! And Abby goes, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> it was
0: not explicitly helpful. Uh, it's, it's difficult to tell when something is sung in a breathy, airy voice, whether it is a language I don't know or a made-up one. Uh, so it is... I am scrolling through the comments to try and see if this happens to be...
1: Did they do something similar to that also in one of the paintball episodes? Like
0: when when he enters in Modern Warfare, they
2: are playing a, the song with a John, Chinese lyrics. That's a John Woo yeah. reference. One hundred percent. It a... feels
1: very similar. Maybe this is just me being racist, but like <laughs> I don't think that that's what that moment was like I thought I was like why I thought it was funny but i was also like w- what is wh- why did they make this choice and i, I just thought right. maybe it was a reference back to chang being chang yeah. like
0: i found the fucking the translated song. chinese lyrics yeah. for the paintball song uh, I have I have yet to find uh, whether or not this is a real language or if someone borrowed some like Klingon from the online Star Trek. <laughs> At one point, I was teaching you Klingon, so it all it all fits, it all works. Oh God, I I found a list of the 100 best musical moments on Community, so I can't, I, we, can't no, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't make this work. We
2: right can't do this, right now, but not
0: right now. Uh, well, maybe someone has the answer, but I I don't. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Let us write us a five star review and tell us in that review if it's uh, Chinese or Elvish, and you just you just write one word Chinese or you write one word Elvish. That's very oh, funny. To we're
1: me. gonna get multiple people. Just it's, this is gonna start like a, a like a Twitter war. I can feel it. You know, just
3: yeah. like,
0: Chinese. Elvish. All right, I'll I will post a poll with this episode, just like I did for Ooh. is Rich uh, a, a murderer or a good doctor, and most people say murder and Um, it's because he is so yeah exactly because he's a crazy murderer and also the ass crack bandit uh shall (laughs) shall we talk uh this seems like a good segue into uh the element that we've discussed on this show on six seasons in a podcast the quote-unquote chang blackface moment and it is very brief uh, he he is in the very beginning of the episode and then disappears. I, I don't want to just relitigate the same points that we relitigated now right. for the third time.
1: We do also have to acknowledge it doesn't just stop at they're wearing, he's wearing black makeup all over his body. One, clearly intentional to be a reference to it, um, which I have something to I'll go back. Uh, reminds me of a point that I will get back to, but they're using explicitly the black grease paint that is very referential it is an illusion regardless of Mm -hmm. intent or execution it is an illusion to blackface and we must acknowledge it as that but it's one of those things um it's i talked about this when i was on is it transphobic uh which i don't know when that episode's coming out but uh we talked about the use of the t-slur which i will not be using uh at the end of season one and how while it is still it's still that use of the of that slur whenever they use it it's not used to mean transgender person. It's used to mean transfer student. So the butt of the joke isn't trans people, uh, mm-hmm. just like the butt of the joke isn't blackface. It's the medium that's told that it's actually – the joke is this means something different. It's a like a treachery of images type deal. It's like, is this blackface? No, it's actually he's a drow. So while it's yes, the punchline isn't blackface. You still can't deny that the role blackface plays in why that joke, quote-unquote, works. So you can't mm. remove it from the picture, right? Um, but it's also – it does bring up a fascinating question. It's like, you know, at what level does intent not matter? And quite frankly, I think most of the time intent only goes so far.
2: I don't know, man. I, mm, it, this episode being pulled is con- angering even maybe to me? Not just confusing? I don't know. Like, there's – you can look up the definition of blackface, and like you can look up uses of blackface. And for a thing to be blackface, it needs to be several things. This is absolutely not, um, and so that's aggravating. That like someone saw this and went, "Oh, we should pull this." Um, it feels like someone being too woke for their own britches a little bit, uh, just being like, "This must be bad," and like yanking it off. Right. That was a bad series of words I just put next to that, <laughs> but um, Yank- just like, <laughs> just like. <laughs> Yeah, like, to to <laughs> quote
0: an earlier episode of Community, not being racist is the new racist. I know we've used the like Trevor Noah quote. Uh, that's the thing twice I use now. the
2: most. I tried to steer away from. Thank you for that's okay.
0: That it, yeah, we're just we're again citing our previous sources. I'm not going to drop our <laughs> bonus episode about this topic right in here.
2: <laughs> sure. But but like the, I, it comes to me in different different waves of like, is there another? way of putting black makeup on somebody that's more efficient than grease paint if the answer to that question is no then grease paint might have been the best way to do it also like it's not i i'm just so beaten up about like just thinking about this episode that it it just kind of drags at this point it's just like
1: yeah uh, there's also the thing that i picked up on this watch on this uh watch through was also there's a really great point jeff makes he says, "I'm a drow. I'm a dark elf." He goes, "Then why aren't you wearing you armor?" Know, like armor. <laughs> yeah. and he goes, "I'm an elf, not a nerd." <laughs> right. <laughs> so, which is such like a stupid, right, silly. But it also find. does bring up the point that he he only went. To, he did the pointy ears and all black paint, and it's it lies. And the in white the hair, hair. Yeah. explicitly lies in a realm of fuck. If I know it, kind of is, but it kind of isn't at the same time. And yeah, I think, he, did the, and, he
2: did the easiest shit. Right. If someone shows up to a D&D game and D game in armor, they're a tryhard, <laughs> or they're going to a very specifically themed event. But the thing is, though, because the easiest thing
1: he could have done was just the ears, and like you, know, you, sure. sort of, uh, you know, it's it's weird. Uh, I was going to say something. Oh, it's just like I don't know. You know, we who's to say whether what you know what, what line is being crossed? I think, quite frankly, everybody is entitled to. Responding to this, how it affects them, right? Uh, Especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I certainly can't speak for how black people respond to it. I'm white as a piece of paper. But, like, when it comes down to it, I can say from a moral perspective, I vehemently disagree with the idea of removing something from streaming with zero intention, whether made public or otherwise, to bring it back. That's a problem. Like, this is something... We these are moments where we're supposed to reflect on them because in this episode it wasn't celebrated. It's not like a statue that does a statue, it's not like a statue that deserves to be torn down, right? It's not like a celebration of something terrible. It is an invitation to a discussion that is, yes, offensive to a lot of people and controversial and all these things, but removing it does a disservice to everyone.
2: Both, of but, right. but also it's not blackface. <laughs> I'm right. Also, it's just not to me because he's not playing up stereotypical shit. He doesn't say his name is Jerome. He doesn't say he doesn't he, he doesn't act like a black dude. He doesn't be play the caricature of a black dude, which is well, what blackface comes with.
1: Well, I have a question for you then, because this is this kind of enters into that realm, and this is. Something that I've seen that I I haven't seen personally, but it's a discussion I've seen happening. Um, There have been plenty of film shoots, right, where a black actor uh, for a stunt double has a white person and they put them in blackface. Um, Now, this isn't a person that's doing a caricature of a black person. This isn't, uh, you know... And it is a little bit different in this circumstance, because in this circumstance, it's Chang, an established character, doing it. It's not a role being deprived from a black actor or a black professional. But in that circumstance, it is a role being taken away from a black stunt actor. And it's – but, like, by that definition, though, because – it, blackface isn't isn't defined by its ability to take roles away from black people. That is a massive proponent of it, but that's not what makes it blackface. That's a result of blackface. In a circumstance where there is a white stunt double in blackface, how do like how does that just you know what I'm talking about? Like this is a full philosophical discussion because
2: yeah, might- I think at that point, I think oh. at that point, if you're talking like stunt doubles that have like makeup to darken them so that the editing team knows where to make that guy black because they couldn't, they didn't have a black stunt actor for that scene. Like, you know, the, the logistics of like filming a scene, I can't get into because I've not done that with any logistical overhead. I've only done it myself with a few friends, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. lining up stunt actors that are the right size and the right shape and the right, you know, all of those things to do something, maybe in like a few cases then they run into a situation where like, we got this guy, and he's the same size as this guy, but they're not the same color. And so, like, we can make CG do all of the work of his skin color, or we mm-hmm. can do some of it with practical effects so that I later mean, it doesn't suck ass, both for us to do and for other people to see. Like, I just that's, don't
1: think that that makes any sense at all. It saves more time, anyway, to hire a black stunt actor. And if you can't, I mean, find
2: objectively, it doesn't, though, right? That means going and finding somebody, finding. HR team to do paperwork to hire that person to have them there logistically on set for the but days that you need.
1: They someone in the first place. They hired someone and they went through all the steps that it takes to hire someone. They just it went. It's not worth it to put in the extra effort to hire a black performer. We're just going to find another workaround to make it easier for CG guys, which does it. It's it's it 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 doesn't it doesn't register as okay in my head. And if you go, well, maybe they didn't have the budget fair point. If you don't have the budget, don't fucking do it. Like there's, there's an amount of respect that it needs. Like when it comes down to it, this is, this is my perspective on it. It's like, this is an issue that's been around for so long and affects so many people on a drastic level of inequities of many kinds. And like trying to get into these industries that are, you know, shut doors, barriers, glass ceilings, right? It's like, It's not it's not cool like I like and you know, like and I can't speak for everybody because like, I don't know everybody's experiences and perspectives on it. But as someone that also experiences in the theater and acting and film world, like when you cast someone that's not trans in a trans role, and you just put makeup on it to make it easier on whatever. I go fuck I, like my response is fuck you you're a piece of shit like you didn't take it might it, it might have taken you a little bit of extra effort but like do the effort because we're fucking worth it right it's like it's it feels so shitty and I know it's not the same thing you know being trans and being black and there are intersections black trans people are by the way black trans women are the uh you know they're they have the hardest job they're murdered on a regular basis without any representation or you know you know discussions in, in media and you know justice is not brought to them mm-hmm. on a higher rate than any other demographic. but essentially like that's how I look at it. I go at some level, we need to acknowledge that even when you 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 can justify it for other reasons, there's still an impact that's broader, you know um, and that doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. like I myself said this might be my favorite episode, right? And sure. that doesn't change with the fact that it comes with this. I think it almost adds a level of complexity to the episode to know that it asks an important question. I mean, but this also isn't even the only moment of a racial moment in it, right? We've got the potential for a racial moment. We're not totally sure of the
2: song when Chang gets up. We've got oh, that's absolutely not Asian. It sounds like uh, sounds. Uh, it sounds like Enya to me, like someone yeah, trying to do a- Enya. Like if anything, it it's, sounds Gaelic.
0: <laughs> it's it's a pastiche it's, of
2: too. Lord
0: of the Rings songs, yeah. and, and okay. I would well, then... I would still stake money down on it being Elvish over right. Chinese. Now, Ken Jong is not a Chinese actor; he's portraying right. a Chinese exactly. character, um, right. which then, is its but own. But even still,
1: like deal. in the episode, we've got the bumper right where this is just a very uh, straight... Mm-hmm. with just the the group of old Asian women who were in the study room. Just an interesting decision. I I don't think that that's necessarily racially loaded. It's just kind of a confusing choice. Um, But then, um,
0: forgive me, it's surprising. Like, it's, it's, um, and I, and you, we can talk all day about whether or not, like, the reveal that a bunch of Asian people are in a room should be, like, surprising or should be itself a joke. I think the idea is that it's the complete, Opposite of the people that are normally right, you know, it's you don't expect a bunch
1: of old Asian ladies Right, but there's still you know There's still a racial comment that needs to be discussed in that, you know And it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, right? It's an interpretation is everything impact and etc. And intent These are all things that matter in the discussion. There is no clear-cut answer. It's not yes and no We can hold competing ideas simultaneously and that's okay. That should be expected but then like even another example at the end of it, we come to find out that the person whose voice we've been hearing narrating is presumably Latin or Hispanic janitor. That is o- like, woman. oh,
0: the the white voice is coming out of uh, this, like, very Kate Blanchett so voice seen. is coming right. out
1: of this And it's like, and you look person. at it and you go, it's very clearly the punchline of that is predicated on some sort of racial expectation. So that's... It's an idea that's played on it. I mean, even let's talk about the British subplot, where we talk about you know species. I mean, there are five
3: species classes greater than that. I mean, the the territory. We talked about
1: it,
0: right? The 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 reason that I have trouble applying an exact connotation between you know D and D's use of race traits, which are in depth. You know, like oh, these people these. Races can see in the dark better. These people are naturally stronger. The reason I have trouble equating that to human beings is that when D and D uses the word race and when we humans use the word race, we are discussing two different things Wildly in the world of in the world of D and D. Like a dog is a race. They're not talking about the difference between like black people and white people. Skyrim is, but D and D specifically. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, Skyrim. Like you, you made red people good at one thing and black people good at a different thing. I'm sorry, you did do that.
1: Right, but then you Um, also look at it through the lens of they could be using it as a metaphor, where it take two things that are not the same, but they they could, and it's
0: certainly not. The, like, first time uh, a fantasy uh, world has attempted to clumsily broach racial topics. But, like, oh, but you see, the black people stand in is goblins. And you're like, no, that's fucked (laughs) up. Maybe don't do (laughs) that (laughs) one. Nope, not that Uh, one. Maybe not that one. Maybe not that one. Or, like, you know, fucking that... YouTube anime Ruby, you know, the black people stand in is animal people, you know, like maybe not that one I maybe just don't maybe for me not, that one
1: for me the way that I choose to look at these things And this is of course my perspective and I don't expect everybody to share this perspective I don't think it's the only perspective. I don't think it's the correct perspective, but my perspective on this is the potential for these things are there and they should be acknowledged as such. I don't think it is any of our job to tell someone whether or not they should or shouldn't be offended by something. That's true. Now I agree. It's a I want to say it it's a different discussion entirely. To say does someone have the right to offend? I personally say yes. Everybody has the right to offend. That line is drawn when it becomes an incitement of violence. But that's an altogether different conversation. You know. So it's I don't know. Like literally, that's also part of the reason I love this episode. Is it fosters such fascinating, in-depth conversations that are – look, these are difficult conversations. And like – I I mean first of all, like I'm so happy that like we do this podcast with each other because we've fostered such an exciting and safe space to explore these ideas. I'm not going to say that I know myself impervious to fault. I know at some point it's possible for me to offend one of you two. But like the Mm -hmm. idea that we've established a space where we're comfortable enough to say like, hey – We understand intention enough to be able to have an adequate discussion of impact within ourselves is one thing. The fact that this is then published published to a broader public is scary, but it comes from a place that, like, we're having a real conversation. And real conversations aren't clean. They aren't easy to use your little plastic knife and fork and cut them into bite-sized bits and digest. Like, this is – this is tough work. This is the gristle of the steak, you know? But That's so much later. <laughs> yeah, this
0: is, I mean, this is, this is the tough stuff. I mean, we are grappling with and this episode, intentionally or no, we can talk about whether or not they were making a comment about Dungeons and Dragons, but like these are ideas that Western European fantasy has needed to grapple with for a long time. And in many ways, there are many works that have grappled with these ideas. But it is definitely something that european styled fantasy, and I don't know enough about other culture fantasies to, to be able to comment on them, but it's something that... It, this is a conversation that's needed to happen for a long time, and it has been happening, and it's tough to arrive at a conclusion regarding any of these, but, like, d d is so directly Tolkien. It's so, like, the innately tied back and tolkien is not the only fucking fantasy author of even that era certainly of all time but (laughs) that's obviously what we're pulling from like that is so clearly what we are pulling
2: from here and even in the reference of you know the tie to uh black people being tied to goblins and or orcs
0: uh-huh. Which, again, we've had that discussion several times at yeah. this point. And like that is, you know, we know Tolkien was a racist, whether or not he intentionally made orcs resemble black people or whether or not he was, you know, intentionally, quote unquote, coding this like white equals purity narrative onto his fantasy. It's there. And and when a racist writes a book, sometimes that book turns out
1: a little racist, what? whether they meant it to or not. It's, it's, it's yeah. language; it's going to show up in their work if they intend to or not. You know, if they believe it, like
0: your worldview is reflective in your fiction, whether you sat down and said, "Like I'm going to write a book about how liberal ideas are good," or you're a liberal, it's going to show up in your work. You know, not Tolkien. Using a broader example, it's yeah. it's. Unavoidable. It's just what you, as an author, bring to the to the table. It's what Gary Gygax brought to the table when he was developing Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons, and it's what every subsequent author has piled on top of it.
2: You know, <laughs> it's a good thing that uh, H. P. Lovecraft didn't have any of these issues.
0: Yeah, uh, y'all just like oh, never look up shit. his cat's name. Don't do it. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, this for some reason. This reminded me also of. There's the joke, uh, this says, Hector the Well Endowed, he goes, I made that for, I made that for
2: Troy. <laughs> I bet you did.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> bet
2: you
3: did.
1: Which is, look, let's be blunt, that's a, that's a gay joke, you know? And like, it It's is a joke I local, feel about. Because it's told in the sense of it's a very, very religious christian woman who has conflicting feelings about homosexuality and the joke isn't that they're gay it's the fact that she has a problem with them being gay
0: yes that's exactly what i was going to right. to so, say is that the joke is on Shirley, whether or not she's being funny it's but, like
1: exactly but it's a similar concept to something i was talking about earlier where it's like even though that's not the punchline it is the medium the joke is told through and it's something sure. that must be acknowledged
0: i agree Context is important.
1: Uh, broader cultural you're like context, the, the context of people. Oh, I call <laughs> such a good line. It's beautiful. Such a good line, uh, Kevin. Let's not even joke. I know you're looking at the list right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the end tags right now. You're so in the we'll, end tags we'll, right now. Yeah, so, Gone
0: Before Breakfast, Awesome Elevator. This one is not very high for me. Ears or tail? You know, we're looking in Dildopolis territory here at number thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Or pencil mouth, like, oh, that's amusing, but I'm not laughing.
2: Hmm. I, I think it's it better than it Dildopolis. Dildopolis.
1: Sure. You think it's better than Dildopolis? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can go with that. Yeah, oh. it's better than Dildopolis. Which one's Sleepy Troy? It's not as good as pencil mouth, but which one is Sleepy Troy?
0: Abed's reading the uh, yeah. textbook to him to help him fall asleep.
2: Abed, yeah. can you have a glass drink drink. of water?
0: <laughs> yeah, that one's really cute, so <laughs> we're gonna put that <laughs> on. Ears or tail is the new. Uh, we're just we're just this blazing intake, right through this.
2: Yeah, this N-Tag reminds me of that episode of The Office where they are delivering their own stuff for the Michael Scott paper com- paper company, but they have an old Korean church van. And so, like when they stop to deliver paper, they get back in the van, and there's more and more Korean women in the back of the van. <laughs> uh, it's
0: uh, funny not at all. It's funny. Um, all right, and now to the episode rankings. Uh, it sounds like Jace and I are in uh, pretty good agreement that this is very high. Caleb, I assume you are in there as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be two. number two. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's number two, but that's only because Mixology certification is number one. If y'all vote it to number one, I won't fight you. <laughs> it's undeniable.
1: I am kind of okay with I'm actually going to say I defer to Caleb for this decision.
2: Ooh. Uh, I know that these are going to be upset in like three weeks, so let's put it at number one. Let's put it at number one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I can't. I can't wait. fight
2: that. Oh, oh no, oh. number two. Sorry, mixology certification is too good.
3: It's very good. There's too many. There's too thing? many
2: sp- specific character development plots in that episode.
3: This one yeah, has a lot, I, too.
2: Ah, fuck it. It's number two. Just leave it there. It's, yeah, number, it's two. number two. I mean, now.
0: like... It's hard. It's still, it's <laughs> still above <laughs>
2: fucking, like, Modern
0: Warfare. You know how good of an episode you have to be to be above Modern Warfare? It almost doesn't matter whether you're number one or number two. You beat Modern Warfare. Right, exactly. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, thanks fact so for we... everybody
2: leaving the episode with us, uh, the RNC tonight used videos that were in footage stock footage of a factory in Moscow in the Ukraine as if they were photos and videos from a factory in the United States. (laughs)
0: Uh, I for one am simply shocked. This is my shocked face uh you know if did y'all see those those screenshots going around i know they might be fabricated i don't know but of uh allegedly republicans watching the rnc last night and going like is anybody else weirded out by some of these speeches like did y'all get any like 1940s germany vibes from these speeches (laughs) and i was and and then someone posted that clip like are we the (laughs) baddies
2: oh no have we made an oopsie Uh, Our hat
0: have skulls on them. Are we the baddies? All
2: I can say is, booyah, booyah. (laughs) Booyah, booyah.
0: Someone loudly screaming that they're trying to take our country away from us. That just sounds too familiar. Huh, where have I heard that before?
2: (laughs) See, I hear what you're saying, but I am not seeing it.
0: They're trying to silence us, I said, (laughs) as the most powerful political party in the land. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, I mean, anyway. I, I'm not worried about losing our hardcore Republican contingent because if they've lasted this long, they're with us forever. Like, I don't, if you've gone through this many, like, liberal ramps. like, I, you're tough. You, I, I gotta admire you for sticking it out this long.
2: Yeah, like, if you're still here and you disagree <laughs> with us, you like punishment.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, good on you, I guess. I I, I I personally do
2: not condone this discussion.
1: <laughs> I cannot say I even find it funny. I find it so stressful. But, like, I'm I sorry also... That
0: we would have Republican listeners, or that we would be joking about, like, the Nazi party taking over. I <laughs> mean... I mean, like, all I'm going to say is that in... The early nineteen forties, before we entered World War Two, Dr. Seuss himself published a series of political cartoons, uh, of uh proud snooty Americans ignoring other problems, waving around flags that say things like America first.
1: No, and it appears that,
0: that nothing has fucking changed. No,
1: we fully had like <laughs> around like World War Two and like after and like in that that whole we had Nazi rallies in Madison Square Garden. Okay. Oh yeah, dog. No. And they didn't go nowhere. That's the no. thing. <laughs> They weren't. That's the thing. People are always like, wow, it took America so long because they were remaining neutral in the face of extreme injustice. It wasn't because they remained neutral. It's because they were okay with
2: it.
0: Right. It, they. It did didn't you know matter that, until they came to us.
2: Did you know that America is the only country that's ever had the word dream attached to it? What? <laughs> that was just something said by fucking something oh tiffany trump i don't know who the fuck she is that but is, the only country. the only country with the word like the american dream there's never been a german dream there's no one that ever in russia talks about the russian dream like <laughs> we're the only country I mean, that's uh, ever had that attached to it they're is... all
0: they're all they're making that shit up but also if that's true okay
3: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> all, all right it. i guess
2: okay
0: uh neat we're the only country that's ever had freedom and I think that's crazy.
2: Oh, she she continues hang on, she continues to she continues to say that if if hearing that you chart your own life is something you like to hear people say, it's because whether you realize it or not, you're a Trump
1: supporter
2: <laughs> So many people on this planet need to just accidentally swallow glass.
1: <laughs> oh my god! That is the best thing I've heard always.
2: You, I might make that a tweet in a, in a few minutes. <laughs> the daddy host with the heat. With the heat.
1: Apologize for the severe ear trauma that laugh just inflicted on you.
2: Oh, Se- severe trauma in Se-
0: oh okay papa time <laughs> <That's-> to go <laughs> there it is um all right well uh, uh we gotta we gotta put papa down for his nap so let's um
1: <laughs> gotta put papa down send tweet we gotta put papa down <laughs> sorry uh.
0: so uh this is the section we call plugs where we talk about the random crap that we are doing uh i will i've already mentioned a couple things so i will uh go first here uh first off stick around uh, after uh we segue away because i have a, an interview with sheree bohannon uh, on six seasons and a podcast after we did our episode they uh as a black woman did a follow-up episode as like this was a voice that was not in the conversation and uh it was and they put in an hour there and it was a really great discussion so i had them on for the bonus wow, thank uh interview well, at the end of the it. episode yeah,
2: exactly. And, I got to uh, meet, uh, I Shreya and I met and then got to meet Yvette Nicole Brown. So, you son of a bitch. Good people uh, all around. Good people all around.
0: Yeah, good people. So stay tuned for that. It was a very fun conversation um uh also my massive uh brita essay will now as of you're listening to this be uh, available for reading uh that is definitely on my patreon patreon.com TVs kevin and probably also on my sub stack that's tvs sub stack, S-T-A-C-K dot Com. that's where i publish all my short stories all my essays and it goes right to your email inbox isn't that nice uh and most likely to your spam folder uh but uh, uh follow the show at greendale three uh follow me at tv's kevin lanigan and leave us that tasty five-star review or the recommendation whatever podcast thing you're using has a way to say this is a good show and i would appreciate it if you did that for us uh next Ah,
1: uh, that's how I feel. I just, I, you know, so I'm, I'm tempted to leave it at that. <laughs> I respect
0: that choice. I'm
1: tempted to, I know, I will say this. Uh, So you can follow me at, 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 at J-A-C-E-N-Z-I-E-V. That's on Twitter or Instagram uh, for your daily dose of radical queer content. Then <laughs> there's also, I mean, here's here's a fun one. Um, Decolonize myself, check them out. They do really hard-to-swallow important work for these discussions, but also if you're looking for something a little bit more lighthearted that also has to do with discussions of representation. As a queer person, I am a member of this organization. I am a huge fan of the work that they're doing and what they're representing in the musical theater and theater world, uh, specifically uh, Ring of Keys org. I don't know if I've given them a plug before, but if I have, then I'm doing it again. And if I haven't, you're hearing about them now. Uh, they are Ring of Keys org org. Um, they're a nonprofit organization that's an arts advocacy org that promotes the hiring of queer women and transgender non-conforming musical theater artists on stage and off. Uh, they're fabulous. And it will
0: make you want to go listen to the Fun Home soundtrack.
1: I mean, that's what it is a reference to. Absolutely. But yeah, really just... Norris Jones! Anyway. Oh, yeah. So good. You know what? That's the plug. Listen to a uh, fun. <laughs> Listen to fun Bechtel <laughs> and read the
0: graphic novel too. Um, Absolutely, I'm changing my major to
2: Joan. Joan, 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 Joan.
0: Yeah. Anyway, if you want to know where the Bechtel test came from, that was them. Uh, Caleb, Papa.
2: Oh yeah, I don't got much. Um, the police keep killing people, so fuck that shit. Fuck. fuck um, or the- trying to, or trying to kill people. Um, yeah. Damn. Unbelievable to me that he. Anyway, yeah. Fuck that noise to the edge of the universe and back. Um, so yeah, just keep supporting those those bail funds and those those all those things because I had a very real conversation with my family this week about like like how far does it have to get? And my uncle, who is a white man, was like, honestly, I bet they it would it would take them killing a blonde hair blue eyed kid for people to be like, oh wait, and like I don't have anything to com- combat that assertion. <laughs> like, that that's probably true, which really sucks. But, uh, you know, people don't seem to be very happy about it, and they seem to be protesting still, so keep it up. Keep them fires warm.
0: <laughs> uh, we will be back next week Ooh. with Ooh. Uh, a romantic episode and a documentary. Uh, but until then, pop, pop. Pop, pop, baby!
1: Maybe! Do b oh Zoop it's ba-ba-ba.
2: That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Is every single time you start singing it, humming it, whatever you want, scatting it, <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, yes. I wanna like be playing supplemental instruments with you. <laughs> Dude. every time I think that, I'm like, I can't. Because they will stop and I will still be going. <laughs> and nice. I'll ruin the whole shtick. So funny. No, I want that. Okay. Also,
0: we're
1: Skyping. It's not going to line up properly.
0: It's not going <laughs> to line up. When it starts hearing one of us, it's going to dip everybody else. It's going to It's gonna be great. Next week, we'll try and do Next the Next time, one. baby. <laughs> Give me some
1: love time and a dream.
3: No, I, I actually watched Advanced Dungeons and Dragons before this because I hadn't seen it since May. Granted, that was the fourth time watching it this year, not all the other <laughs> Dungeons and five. Um But I went not and gave Amazon that $2 just because I wanted to see it again because I can't see it, so now it's the best episode.
0: Right, now it's like, now it's the forbidden episode. If they didn't want us to watch this episode, perhaps they have done the exact opposite of making that happen because now it's like the fabled lost episode of
3: community yeah literally before they took it away i never went directly to one episode it was always like well this group of episodes or this season but now it's like it's all i want i just want it on repeat constantly i want to just like bathe in it i want
0: (laughs) it's tantalizing it's like i'm not supposed to have it yeah because who knows how long? Uh, by the you know, this is the interview portion of advanced community studies. We got to community faster than we normally do, uh, which is completely fine. Uh, my my guest, uh, it had to be uh, my guest on this episode. Uh, this is uh, Sheree Bohannon.
3: Thank you. It's awesome to be here.
0: Yes, welcome. Uh, for those of you that listened to. Uh, our appearances on 6 seasons in a podcast uh, the advanced community studies was part one of sort of the newfangled advanced dungeons and dragons discussion and then you of course followed us up uh, with a with another excellent uh, episode with a new perspective and I said well we got to bring this back to 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 advanced community we got to we got to continue this discussion and now it is a dialogue
3: I love that I feel like it's what the episode deserves
0: I agree um, but right, like all they've done, you know, who knows how long this episode will be gone from Netflix and Hulu. Like, at this point, it's been, oh, however many weeks, a couple months now, perhaps, since since that episode was pulled. Yeah. Um. By the time this goes up in a few weeks, it might even be two or three full months. And so far despite, you know, the fan community having their uh, own personal discussions about it, we've seen or heard nothing from Netflix or Hulu about Advanced Dungeons & Dragons returning to their services. And now it's become like a bootleg. Now, like, we're going to have to pass around worn-out pirated copies of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if if another communicon happens before this episode is added back to streaming, like I am going to set up a bootleg booth and I'm gonna fucking hand out copies of yeah. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons.
3: Like you have to. They've what they've done by taking it down is given it us more fodder for what the movie could entail and have because I don't foresee Dan Harmon sitting on this and not having to come back in the movie some way somehow. With all of us out here jonesing for this episode, we can't see anymore. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. There should be uh, 21 and a half minutes of the community movie where the gang sits down and watches that episode of community. <laughs> we
3: <laughs> and just watched them in, react to it because we still can't see it because it's forbidden. In,
0: in full, we put like a mystery science theater, like their silhouettes <laughs> at the bottom of the episode and then just let advanced Dungeons and Dragons play <laughs> full screen for 21 and a half minutes. <laughs>
3: I would love that. I'm not going to lie. I I would see it three times in theaters. Yeah, the
0: first absolutely. One. Uh, should it? Should it? If if uh, and we we all assume at this point that the Community movie is going to be a Netflix original. Like I th- I think that's what we're all operating under the impression of. And so if they if they give the Community movie the marriage story treatment or or if it's one of their 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 picks that they ordain to place in theaters. I will be there every single week of its release here in New York city. Like I will go back and then go back. I need to trick Netflix into thinking (laughs) that it is more popular than it is.
3: I mean, they found out how popular it was, which is part of the reason I think they targeted this show specifically for this episode. What I would like is I would like for them to find a way to resurrect Yahoo screen just for this movie, <laughs> just to be like produced by Yahoo Screen, and just, we're like, wait, just what?
0: Bring it back. I mean, if they, you know, the community move has to have a big like toss-off reference, or even like a plot line about how like the study group doomed the last like <laughs> uh thing that it was a part of, that it sank the ship that it was on, say. Uh, if you if you want to call it like the SS Yahoo or something like that, and that yeah. ship sinks while they're on it, we <laughs> they they now have to do something about like this disappearing. You know, Abed will say like in our Dungeons and Dragons game, which there's no evidence that that ever happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't see because no. everyone has been all of almost all of the cast and crew has been so quiet about this episode disappearing from streaming.
3: It's really so weird.
0: There must be a, a gag order or, or a hush order from Sony, right? It's, it's the only explanation I can think of.
3: I think that and or it was just... Because there's so much happening right now, who wants to be that person to be like, <laughs> but my art? And so I could see them being like, it's not the time, but also like... If that's what it is, there will be a time very soon, in theory. (laughs) Um, And then we'll all mobilize, like we did, to keep them on the air for six seasons.
0: Should things quiet down again, we will uh, then have the energy to feel comfortable fighting for, like, a community episode to come back, or, like, keep campaigning for the movie. Right now, I think we're all all a little busy. We're all a little taxed. (laughs) We're all a little text with some other stuff that's happening. Hopefully Dan has taken the last five months to like get a script cooking, you know, really like make sure that we can get, we can land, hit the ground running as they say.
3: Yes. I I would love to see what Dan Harmon has come up with, with all of this COVID time. Because I saw what he would come up with when he didn't have all these months of nothing. <laughs> and so I'm very intrigued and excited.
0: I just don't even know what they're going to do, but I await whatever it is that they end up doing. Whatever they end up doing is fine with me.
3: Even if it's just them sitting in the study room for a giant bottle episode that we call a movie, I'm in.
0: Do it. Film the movie for $37. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can film it in, like, a few days, you know, uh set a land speed record for like least number of production days like get in under Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein or whatever like (laughs) the shortest movie shoot date is um and then and then just just push it on out I think that I think that is the correct thing to to do
3: I mean it really is we the prophecy was six seasons in a movie not six seasons in how we're gonna do the movie so like (laughs) (laughs) it just
0: it just matters that it (laughs) happened
3: yeah like movie's a loose term (laughs) like so yeah
0: movie's indefinable movie can be whatever we want it to be it would feel weird if the community movie had like a budget
3: it would feel against no go ahead they never had a budget and they talk about it a lot they were just sort of like NBC's unwanted (laughs) show (laughs) That right die. and so and you
0: you can watch as the seasons go on they go outside less and less and less <laughs> cuz they couldn't afford to shoot outside yeah. <laughs> so it would be so strange if the community movie was like a 50 million dollar movie it, it like it would it's feel not- against the the energy that the show always had
3: literally it would be a different situation it would not be our community and I kind of, as much as it probably sucked to be on a show that NBC would give no money to and then misspell things when they advertised. Um, <laughs> it, it, for me, it was like, I went to community college. We didn't have money. I relate. And so I wouldn't want them to get money, as sad as that is for me to wish that on something I love. <laughs> I, I want them to stay where I'm at.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I want... You know, I want the actors and the crew and Dan to, like, make a decent paycheck. It seems like pretty much everyone is doing fine, but a lot of these folks have kids. Like, I, I want to make sure that the people that I that I re- love the work of so much are, like, taken care of, but this cannot be a 100 million dollar movie affair this needs to be as scrappy and by the seat of its pants as the show always was
3: exactly exactly that's part of the fun of community is that it was (laughs) you have to be creative when you have no money and so if you come out (laughs) with a blockbuster budget then it's just like well will smith just flew in but why (laughs) right exactly
0: right if you get to like say anchorman 2 and like your final fight has like harrison ford kanye west jim carrey tina Fey, amy poehler it's like i'm just watching like you burn a pile of money right before my eyes
3: it's insulting it literally is insulting to be like oh this is where all this money went that's cute um
0: that's cute so you could film L- loose improv in a two-camera setup, you know? Yeah, you just want uh, like hang out
3: it, with people. That's all. You didn't really have an idea. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, not to uh, just relentlessly drag Anchorman too, uh the, the Jim Belushi of movie sequels.
3: <laughs> I love that Jim Belushi is a running theme. Every time I rewatch this series, I'm just like, there's another Jim Belushi.
0: I wonder, has anyone tallied... Does, like, the community wiki have a full list of Jim Belushi dunks? Uh, I I am finding out presently. If they don't, so,
3: that's my new weekend project this week. It's
0: to watch all of community uh, and log every single <laughs> Jim Belushi. Yeah, so far it just came up with, like, a, a page called Running Gags uh, so I'm going to need all of us to really get get on this train and get the official tally of Jim Belushi jokes.
3: Let's all take a season and just do it.
0: <laughs> right. We'll divide it up. You know, maybe, you know, we'll take the long seasons. We'll cut them in half. And then we only need nine people to watch half a season of Community, which, let's be honest, some of us were going to do anyway. Yeah. And uh, and just log every... like We all sit around a table and make a notch for every Jim Belushi reference. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes exactly uh so great so let me let me ask you some of the standard uh questions that i that i ask to guests um how did you come to community what is your community origin story
3: so when it first premiered i was even bigger into tv than i am now and i've always been that nerd you know So I saw it was coming out. I saw the description. I saw Joe McHale was finally acting as opposed to hosting something, which is what I knew him as. And I was house-sitting at my friend's house, and they have, like, I think back then it was DVR. So I would just, like, set it to record that when I would go house-sit every couple of weeks and just catch up with community. And it was at a time when I was in a community college, and my friends were also a little bit eccentric and selfish. And so it just... It felt like home in a lot of ways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your your Mount Rushmore of episodes or or some of your favorite characters, where do you I just want to get a feel for like where you're at in in community.
3: Like it's it's really really hard. I would say because I can't I can't rank episodes. I love so many of them for so many different reasons because they give so many different characters a moment to shine here or there especially the background characters like leonard and neil and so i i would say my favorite season has to be between two and three and that's as close as i can get to being like favorite (laughs) um and it's not that's fine i
0: understand
3: it's so hard. They're all... It's such a good show. Aside from season four, I would argue it was <laughs> the best season of TV whenever those seasons aired. Even the Yahoo season, which some people have very different opinions about.
0: I love it. I am a huge season six uh, lover. It might, you know... Boy, my rankings change all the time. But, like, I think my top three are 2, 3, six. That's um, solid. I... Yeah, because... Two is unassailable. We're going through two right now on the show, obviously because you're on the Dungeons and Dragons episode. And two is unassailable. Even the worst episodes of season two are still very funny or creative or weird. <laughs> and, and I I say weird in like a very genuine way. Like the 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 the, the secret trampoline episode oh, is God, yeah. not is not one of the great episodes of television, but it's one of the weirdest things to have ever happened on TV. It's so bizarre that they got away with that.
3: It, it's so bizarre, and I feel like if they were going to pull an episode, it would have been that one, which is also <laughs> confusing. I which love features that a swastika. I, <laughs> I, I, I love that episode because it's it's definitely one of those moments where you're like, oh, he was, he was racist, which I feel like I've had that moment so many times after a moment where I'm like, that was weird. And then later I'm like, oh, God, that was a racist. <laughs> we had a racist oh. in the house. I, wow. <laughs> and so I, I love that episode. And I'm surprised that, like, whoever made this call wasn't like, we should look at this one before the Dungeons & Dragons episode.
0: Right. That, didn't look at that one. Didn't look at the one where Chevy Chase is quite literally in brownface. Didn't look at that one. Literally. Uh, did not, you know, there are, and we've we've litigated this to death, I'm sure, earlier in this very episode and on the Six Seasons podcast in a bonus episode of our own. But, like, there are, like, more offensive episodes of Community. <laughs>
3: like, there there really are, are. There are I- episodes
0: I- of Community where, like, they bandy around the T-slur. You know, yeah. just, like... Uh, constantly you know
3: yeah oh my god like I I I can think of so many more episodes where I would be like that's a conversation about should we maybe put up a warning or talk about this one I I would not have gone to this one this one has so much nuance and there's so much beauty in this story I like I said I watched it right before we did this Um, because I went ahead and paid those two dollars because I needed it now that it's been taken away And it's just, it's really beautiful. And it's still in a time where all of them are still straddling that sort of realistic, but also about to get away from us point in their timelines. Cause like, Britta's still a person here. Like I, it's across the table, everybody's on, everybody is who they have been and who they will be to an extent. And we get to see Jeff go, oh no, I messed up. I fucked up, I gotta fix this. I don't wanna be this person anymore. And it's just, I don't know, there's so many reasons to not pull that. And if you have an issue with it, by all means, everybody's entitled to be offended by anything that's offensive. And we could have put up a warning or had a conversation or I don't know, like HBO has this show called I May Destroy You, which is glorious but heavy. And at the Mm -hmm. end, they put up a list of resources so people who might be like triggered or anything can like seek help, hotlines, therapists, you name it. And so why couldn't we do something of that nature for this to a lesser scale? Because clearly this is a different issue. And so, yeah. Yeah,
0: there's that. There's all of the, like, I've never seen a show cover depression and mental health like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons does for Neil. It's just such a, like, tender portrayal for a character who, like, most people still refer to as fat Neil. Like it's, it's such a, a strong and like the, the, the benefits that you can have when you are suffering from mental health issues, when you are a part of, uh, forgive me, but a part of a community and how much like other people's affection or even like the small moments means so much to someone who's suffering through mental health issues. And now that's just gone. Like, no no Looney Tunes precursor card mm-hmm. that says, like, this is offensive. Like, no, it's yeah. just gone.
3: No, and it's another thing that I really love about this episode, and it hit me today differently than it ever has because we're five months into this pandemic and everybody wants to be online and awful, is that it's also an exercise in empathy for so many people because not only are they reach out to Neil, but when Neil is like, oh, Pierce is worse off, I pity they all give Pierce this pity that they never really give him when they write him off or they try and avoid him, aside from Annie, usually. And so, like, I, I love that. I love that story and that we can see a monster and also understand that perhaps this monster also needs some of the empathy we're giving the person we feel bad about, too. That's how to right. it <laughs> The person yeah. we feel so bad for. <laughs> Right.
0: And it's. I don't know. It just. It, it has so. All these complex relationships. And it. It's just. Gone. Like, we didn't even, like, cut that joke. Like, it's just. Gone. And who knows if it will ever come back. It's. It's. It's completely wild. It's absolutely wild.
3: It is. It's. I. <laughs> It's it's kind of weird and sort of just insulting to assume that people can't process this episode for what it is, which is a smarter episode than Netflix and who losing to be giving it credit for. Because it's like we've all said in one point or another in all of these different podcasts, it's not blackface. It's literally him putting on this elf makeup to mock Dungeons and Dragons, which It's something I've gotten into late in life and I love, but also I went into it knowing it was not for me specifically. I was not thought of. Nobody who looks like me um, is welcomed into this world. And so to see them sort of make fun of it for what it is, (laughs) which is definitely created by like nerdy Jeff Winger types, if there's ever a hybrid of that, to sort of punch down (laughs) on people. And, And we just took it away instead of having that like, Celebrating its nuance and complexity. And I I don't like that. That's a weird form of censorship that I can't be on board with.
0: Right. And it's... I I know it gets litigated to death, but there's... It just feels like in the current internet space, there's so little room for nuance. Um, And that is not me defending like all of these people that have justifiably been like ridiculed in online spaces like i don't yeah. i don't want to come off the wrong way as like defending the wrong people but i think media literacy is maybe something that we should actually teach in schools and yeah. not just higher education for one specific degree because we consume so much movies and tv and music and books and plays and we teach so few faculties for anyone that is not a dumb media nerd to to digest these these things are constantly entering our our uh, synapses and it it feels really important to like teach people the ability to unpack and decode what they
3: are watching. Exactly. Like I I took a training today because I work at a school and like the images they showed from like the fifties and before those were definitely aimed at being offensive and racist. And so of course those are still offensive and racist today. Whereas this episode of community and other things sort of in that same gray area were not made to punch down, they were made to start a conversation about something else. And we need those conversations. Uh, It's why we can't have the nuance that you're talking about. Like on social media, because that's where we all live right now. It's always all or nothing. There's never any, but what about this? Or what about that? Like I have friends who are sharing their personal experiences And how they have to vote for a candidate that is definitely going to harm them a little bit, just not as much as another candidate. And people are just like, well, how dare you start this? And it's like, this is this person's experience. This is this person saying, I have to do this thing, but I really don't want to. So can we acknowledge that I'm going to suffer a little bit, even though I have to do the thing because it's the better option?
0: Don't I, as the voting body who these people allegedly serve, like, don't I reserve the right to criticize them even though they definitely have my vote because the other option is worse but does that not preclude me i'm not saying don't vote for them but we should be aware of the the histories and the policies that have been put in place by the people we're about to try and vote in for president
3: exactly because if we have these conversations and dialogues now maybe one day not in my lifetime of course but maybe one day (laughs) in someone else's we can have candidates who somebody is 100% behind. Wouldn't that be right. cool? If somebody Wouldn't... could be like, I agree with everything so-and-so is saying and they will not hurt me in any way, shape, or form.
0: Right. And like, maybe, you know, it is it is perhaps a pipe dream to for me to believe that one day I will 100% align with someone. But can I get to like 85? Like, can, can we get <laughs> right? that, that needle to like a little closer than it is?
3: Exactly. Especially because oftentimes when we vote for a candidate who we have such mixed feelings about, it means that people who have less privilege than us are going to be hurt by them even more, which is another conversation America just does not want right now. Uh, and so it's very much like, how dare you point out that I might have more privilege than you? And it's like, well, it's true. Like, I don't think I have privilege, as but also I'm like a, a black woman who identifies as fat. So, of course, it's like mind blowing when I find somebody with less privilege than I do, and I'm like, "Oh no, I forgot I'm so sorry How can I help? <laughs> right, yeah,
0: right, and it's you know uh i I appreciate uh us diving into uh these that is one of the things about community that I've found over and over is that it is a gateway into pretty much any <laughs> topic you could want to have a conversation about, which is it's why all it's in the show right." <laughs> Any piece of pop culture at all, or, or, any, and therefore any facet of culture, because pop culture is culture, like, it's, it's all less than six degrees from Kevin Bacon. Like, it's all, it's all right in the Greendale sphere. Um, you just have to have the right jumping springboard up exactly so now is the time uh, we got to it very quickly uh, but now is the time where you can uh, plug your social media any projects you're working on uh, and let the people know where to where to continue the conversation
3: oh awesome um, so I'm most easily accessible on Twitter as we all know um, I'm at <laughs> Mishara M-I-S-S-S-H-A-R-A-I it's a weird name I know um and there i'm usually tweeting about something having to do with media usually lots of tv lots of film i just started a podcast with a friend called a nightmare on fierce street where we look at horror movies because we grew up with them and we love them but they don't love us me as a black woman who identifies as fat and him as a gay man in america we're not usually treated well um and so that podcast just started earlier this month we have like three episodes up and a fourth what's supposed to happen today and will happen maybe tomorrow um <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's just these
0: things happen down.
3: it's so hard sometimes yes yeah but i'm primarily a playwright and my stuff is a new play exchange for people who like new plays and have those accounts
0: uh so thank you for for stopping by for rounding out uh our, our trilogy of discussion on this particular episode of uh, Community. Um, and everyone should go follow your shit right now.
3: Thank you, and thank you for having me. This is amazing.
0: This has been a Talk Back
2: Podcast.
3: That was quite a show.